You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes! Happy Tuesday here from Locked On College Football. It's Tuesday. That means you get me, Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn. Normally, Isaiah Hole of Locked On Wolverines joins us, but he's off doing something. I think he's vacationing. Lucky him. And uh, Isaiah Hole's absence has left a hole in my heart, but it's been quickly filled by the one and only Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. How are you, friend? Oh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, chest bumping today, Zach, about all about uh, the SEC winning and yet another national championship. Right. Is this, can we just gloat today? Is that what we can do? This is an SEC show. This might as well just be an extension of Locked On SEC. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, when, when you say it's locked on college football, it basically is locked on SEC because there is no college football without the SEC. Yeah, get that Big Ten stuff out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, what are, what are kind of some of the big storylines right now when you talk about the conference? Obviously, Tennessee has been an absolute disaster. I bet that's been fun to talk about. Oh, gosh, yeah. it's It's been interesting. I do like the hire that they made, Danny White, coming over from uh, Central Florida. There's been a lot of jokes about, you know, he's the guy who claimed UCF was the national champion a couple years ago. But right. the guy's got a great track record. He's made some great hires when it comes to coaching and all that. So I think he's the right guy at the right time for Tennessee. The big thing now becomes who are they going to hire as their head coach? I saw, you know, Chris Lowe of ESPN floating out there last night that maybe James Franklin might be willing to jump ship at Penn State and come over to Tennessee. And Is that a better know, job? <clears throat> I heard that? That, is that. I heard that too. I don't feel like that's a better job. Well, not with, I mean, you know, where Tennessee is right now, you expect the NCAA is going to drop the hammer on them and probably have some postseason bans, losses of scholarships and all that. So Tennessee, like I think in normal times, Tennessee is probably a top 10, top 15 job. But right now, I don't think it's that appealing just with, you know, what what could be coming as far as repercussions wise. But, you know, look, James Franklin is kind of underachieved at Penn State for their expectations and want to be a top 10 program. Another name that's out there is uh, Tony Elliott, the uh, offensive coordinator at Clemson, Mm -hmm. you know, with, Clemson is loaded with with another great quarterback uh, in DJ Unga Unga Agalele. I'm, I've got to work on the pronunciation, but I think you, know, you nailed I'm, it. They're they're set up for success. <laughs> you know, why would he leave that to go coach at Tennessee, where you're going to get your brains beat in by you know Florida and Alabama and Georgia? So I don't know. It's uh, it will be interesting to see who they uh, who they end up getting because I guarantee whoever Tennessee hires is going to get a long term contract that says, hey. I need at least five, six years mm-hmm. to get the trains back the, the train back on the track here. Yeah, you're right. And, and all the, the names that have kind of been thrown out there, and you know, you, you mentioned a few of them there, they're all guys where I'm like, okay, they've kind of been at their post for a bit, and you get the feeling they're going to be ready to leave when the right job comes open, but I just don't feel like this is the right situation for a guy like Tony Elliott. I mean, he's been biding his time at Clemson, and every time um, – a Power 5 job opens up, it's like his name's on the short list as far as what fans want. But it's like, I don't know I don't know if that's a better job. You know, a, a lot of Power 5 head coaching jobs are not as good of a job of what he has with what Dabo has been able, or Jimbo, excuse me, has been able to, Dabo, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. Dabo is built up in Clemson. It's like Tony Elliott being able to just kind of be parked there as Clemson's O.C., I just don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, another one that's interesting is Sonny Dykes at SMU. Sure. He's a guy who's had success in a lot of different places. And, 
you know, Southern guy. I think that that would be an interesting hire. And you know, they, look, that's a big jump up for Sonny Dykes to go to Tennessee, but that might be the right guy at the right time, just with where they are. It's not as attractive as a job it would be in another year and a chance for Sonny Dykes to try to build something. But man, it's uh it's all about offense these days. And Sonny Dykes has had the history of good offenses. So, you know, I think that's when you look around the hires around the sec, Shane Beamer at South Carolina, Brian Harson at, at Auburn, like Goat. you gotta bring, you gotta bring in a guy who is going to bring in that up-tempo high powered offense. Cause look at the teams in the playoffs every year. It's, yeah. it's been the Oklahoma's it's been the Clemson's it's been, you know, Ohio state. It's the teams that are averaging 38 to 40 points a game. That's what you need these days in college football. You're right. You're right. Hey, did you see the, uh, the fake rumor going around uh, from like a few fake two, four, seven sports accounts that uh, Lane Kiffin <laughs> was going home. It got a lot of people yesterday, man. I, so I got full. I didn't retweet it, but I got full because I looked at it. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty legit looking graphic of Lane Kiffin with the vol thing. And then I look at the account. Yeah, it's, it says go, go vols 24 seven. And I click on it. It's got like 6,000 followers. Totally. I'm like, wow. Well, but like, first off, maybe that's not a lot of followers for, uh, uh, you know, a, a fan 24 seven site, yeah. but then I'm like, well, it's 6,000. It's not like it's 600. Right. So then when I copied the link and pasted it, it was, and it's, it put everything in lowercase. It was G O V O I S. So they did the I as uh-huh. a capital to be the L involved. So yeah, people are ridiculous. People have a lot of time <laughs> in their hands, but I, I like that Lane Kiffin retweeted it and said, uh, Hey, I was laughing at this. So uh, good that he can kind of poke fun at himself. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about Lane Kiffin, but on Tuesdays, if there's any opportunity for us to talk about Lane Kiffin here on Locked On College Football, we find a way. We both love Lane Kiffin stories because it seems like he's always just such a fun dude to be around. He's kind of like, you know, he doesn't take himself too seriously, and and I love that. He's a good coach. I mean, Ole Miss had one of the worst defenses ever last year. If they have even a subpar defense – Ole Miss probably upsets a, a couple of teams last year. I mean, Alabama, they had them on the ropes going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, if they improve that defense even just a little bit, Ole Miss is going to be a problem in the SEC next year. I think Mike Leach is going to be a problem. There's a lot of teams that could sneak up on the good teams in the SEC and surprise them. I just wonder how long is Lane Kiffin in for Ole Miss? Is it another year? Is it another two years? Because you know – Lane is not buying long-term property in Oxford. He is going to be on the next big thing out of town within a year or two. And kudos to him. If he does a good job there at Ole Miss, continues to have one of the best offenses, I bet USC would be interested again. You know, there's going to be schools that are going to be calling Lane Kiffin next year. No, you're right. You're right. And you kind of got the feeling that there was a chance of that this offseason. But I feel like as far as the pecking order of the next big thing, for one reason or another, I don't necessarily agree with this, but – it seems like Hugh Freeze has to get hired first, and then Lane's going to kind of be the guy after that. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I don't understand. I mean, I know what happened with Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss, but we, we vilify these things so much. I was yeah. laughing when people were making fun of Tennessee, handing out the, the McDonald's bags of money, and I'm like, you know, when it's all said and done, like, who really cares? And I think yeah. that's what we're starting to see from fans nowadays, at least. We're starting to say, like, understand the thought behind this. You're paying student athletes who – Many of them come from poor backgrounds or, you know, a single parent home. They don't right. have a lot of money and they're getting money. Like in the grand scheme of things, that's a good thing. Like that's not a, th- a bad thing. Now where it becomes a violation, it's an NCAA violation, right? You're not supposed to pay the athletes. But like wh- when you go back and look at the Laramie Tunsil thing at Ole Miss, where it was like he's DMing a coach going, hey, my mom's electric bill is due. 
that's like mind-numbing that that's bad. Like yeah. his mom can't pay her light bill and is asking the millionaire coaches to help out. Like, the, I don't know. I think we're getting more into the image and likeness thing, college football, and hopefully they start to expand what, what they allow. But uh, the, the gist of what happened with you, Freeze, there's two different things, right? There was the thing with paying players and all that, and then there was the thing with him getting – caught with uh, prostitutes or whatever in hotel rooms and yeah you know, being you, using the university yeah using the university phone to you know hit up escorts yeah, and not, stuff not, yeah not, not a great right. look yeah but that said i mean he was a great coach it look for him to put liberty on the map this past year would had anyone even really heard of liberty prior to this year so that was huge and i think it's only a matter of time there are a lot of people after him this this season if he stays at liberty and does and maybe not does what he did this past year, but wins eight nine games next year. I think Hugh Freeze is going to be on his on his way out of town to uh, the next big gig. Gordy, I I think with what happened at Liberty, I think that's some Leak Wills effect. As a former you know as a, a former yeah. Auburn quarterback, I, I'm all in on the Malik Wills hype train. Yeah, and, and there was some thought that maybe uh, <laughs> you know he he could transfer with with Hugh wherever he goes, but uh, that would have been fun. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see what they do next year. I haven't looked at the Liberty schedule for 2021, but uh, yeah, if he if he has any bit of success again next year, he's going to be the the hot name. And then how about the guy Billy Napier at Louisiana Lafayette? Like that guy was literally offered the South Carolina job last year, didn't take or this past year didn't take it. Right. He was up for all these other jobs, and he and he's staying in in ULL. I keep saying, does he know something we don't? Like he he worked for Saban at Alabama for a little while. I wonder if Nick kind of has a wink wink hint hint nudge nudge deal behind closed doors like hey billy stay put where you are i'm only going to do this for another year or two you're going to be my guy as soon as i i hit retirement i'm saying hey hire billy napier at alabama boy wouldn't that be wild yeah i mean auburn went after him and then you heard these reports come out that he was offered the job and then he was like no i'm good here and it's like then auburn fans kind of went up into a tizzy so that was um that was an interesting thing as, as well Hey Gordy, obviously there's only uh, there's only one place that we trust to place our bets here throughout the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is at BetOnline.ag. You can head over to BetOnline.ag right now and use the promo code Locked On for your fifty percent welcome bonus. Uh, I love prop bets as they start to pop up around the Super Bowl. We'll touch on those uh, over the next two weeks. But Gordy, uh, the the Chiefs minus three is where it's at right now. What are your thoughts on that? I'm taking the Bucks. Yeah, I think that's a good line. I, I don't know. It feels like Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs have played with fire all year, playing close games, but finding a way to pull it out in the end. So I don't know. If I really had to bet on it, I would maybe take the Chiefs minus minus the three, three and a half. But yeah. uh, I don't I don't know. You, it's Tom Brady in a championship game. You never count him out. No, you're right. You're right. Well, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. To receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, moving right along. So, I mean, you cover uh, you cover the SEC as a whole, and the, the most electric player in the Southeastern Conference uh, was also, you know, voted as the best player in college football, Devontae Smith. And when you look at uh, kind of what's going on in Mobile this week with the Senior Bowl, uh, weigh-ins were this morning. He's opted out of like everything. Like he's there, but he's not participating in a lot of drills. And he actually opted out this morning for a weigh-in. I can't remember a player ever saying like, "Yeah, I'm not going to weigh in." What, what, what's up with that? Yeah, I think that's the agent. As soon as I heard Devonte Smith was going to take part in the Senior Bowl, I was like, "Okay, 
one, I don't know if he's even going to play in the game. We may yeah. find that out later this week that he just decides he's he's not even going to play in the I'm game. I'm sure he's not. If you're not going to weigh in, why would you play in the game? It's an opportunity to go meet a lot of the scouts and people from all the different teams, right? I mean, it's yeah. that literally every NFL team sends crews to the Senior Bowl. You get head coaches there. I know Mike Tomlin's typically there, Bill Belichick. So a lot of big-name coaches. It's a good opportunity for Devontae to go and – and at least put a face to a lot of these names and, and meet people face to face. So that was my thought when he uh, when he said he was going. I I just when it was him and, and Mac Jones and Najee Harris all go, saying we're going to Senior Bowl. I was like, okay, well, what do these guys have to prove? And two interesting ones we found out yesterday: quarterback Kyle Trask from Florida. He's had to pull out because of a of, of a nagging injury. Mm-hmm. On top of Richard LeCount, who's the uh, safety from Georgia. So those are two pre two pretty big names and Zach I don't know if a lot of people realize this but the NFL's already announced there's not going to be a combine this year they're going to do everything virtually right you're still going to have your pro day at your school but that's basically it and that's going to hurt a lot of guys that sat out this past year in college football you think of Jamar Chase at LSU who a lot of people picked as a, a lock to be a top five top ten pick he didn't put anything on film this year if without a combine you know he's just gonna have his pro day and that's it to kind of impress scouts so uh, this was an event I thought Kyle Trask really could have imp- helped either improve his his draft stock or you know at least put his name on the on the radar for maybe a second round pick. Trask pulling out of this, I don't know where a lot of people feel about him now because yeah. the last thing he put on film was that Cotton Bowl just beat down at the hands of Oklahoma. So there's a lot of different things that we're going to see from these uh, college football players that we loved this past year in college football, but I think a lot of NFL teams are going to have questions on them. Yeah, because Trask is in that situation where it's like, okay, you've got those top four quarterbacks, and then there's a drop-off between them and Kyle Trask, but it's like, how big is that drop-off? Are teams picking in the teens that may need a quarterback, are they going to get a shot at Kyle Trask? Are they going to be willing to move up for a guy like that? Are they going to let him slip past them? Is he going to be in the 20s? Is he even going to be a first-rounder? Then you got Mac Jones in there as well. This is going to be a really interesting draft because – Teams are going to be all over the place on different guys. You mentioned Chase not having any tape from him from this past year. And then quarterbacks, it's like every team values quarterbacks differently and what they want the quarterback differently. But it only takes one team to, to love you and one team to say, okay, this is our guy moving forward. You don't need all 32. You need one of them. And I can't wait to see what that looks like because you're going to see a run on quarterbacks in the top 10 and then you're going to see, you know, uh, a few tackles go. And it's like, where do these awesome wide receivers go? Because, I mean, it seems like every year we say this, like this is the best wide receiver class ever. And it's just like going to get better and better and better because that's where college football is moving. But, man, I can't wait to see, like, somebody may get Devonta Smith, uh, you know, in the teens, which is crazy yeah. to think about. Same with Jamar Chase. That is just so weird for me to comprehend and to think about. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see because you know, look, it's become such a quarterback-driven league that if you don't have a quarterback, you're not a you're not a good NFL team, and we're seeing that for in the how it's played out in the playoffs. Yeah, but I think you're right. I mean, we're going to see teams reach for quarterbacks, and I think this is a big week for Mac Jones. I mean, he's a guy that some people have I've seen some mock drafts have him back end of the first round. I've seen some have him drop all the way down to the third or fourth round. So if he can go out there and perform well this week at the Senior Bowl, because look. My biggest gripe on Mac was he was tremendously accurate. He had tremendous poise in the pocket and all that, but he was never touched. I mean, you had a brick wall, a fortress around you, and all those five-star old linemen at Alabama. And then, oh, by the way, you had Devontae Smith running routes and Jalen Waddell. And, you know, hey, if, if they're 
defending the pass well. I just turn around and hand it off to Najee Harris. So he had all these studs around him. I'll be interested to see what he does going up against some really big-time pass rushers in the Senior Bowl this week. But to the point with Trask, man, he was on the team with his two teammates, Kadarius Toney and Trevon Grimes. This would have been easy, a cakewalk for him. He would have had both those guys to throw the ball to, and now he won't. So I'm interested to see some of these other guys too, like Kellen Mond from Texas Mm A&M, who had a a, a pretty good career, we'll say. You know, not, not, not... bad and not exciting or outstanding, but a pretty good career. I'm interested to see how he'll translate to the next level. And then a guy from Wake Forest that went to Georgia, and I saw they're crediting him as a Wake Forest quarterback now early on. They had him listed as Georgia. Sure. James Newman, who never played a snap at Georgia, but a lot of people are high on him too. So really going to be fun to see the quarterbacks this week at the Senior Bowl. And going into the season, when it sounded like, okay, Jamie Newman's going to be the starting quarterback at Georgia – he was mocked as like a top 10 draft pick going into the season. Then he decides to not play and to focus on the draft and all that. And it's like, well, where did that go? You guys thought he was going to be a top 10 caliber just like three or four months ago. What happened to all of that? So that's been uh, that's been fun to see. And I, I think guys like that is really going to hurt um, him sitting out. Not necessarily like the Jamar Chases of the world, but... Um, I, I can see a team being super, uh, super weary to call a guy like that. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I really, I mean, it's so funny how it worked out for Georgia. JT Daniels, now their starter, yeah. who looked incredible down the stretch of, of the season. And, you know, as I look ahead to next year, like Georgia is going to be the, the easy pick for a lot of teams out of the East with everything Florida lost. And, you know, I think Georgia is going to be the team to beat in the East and maybe the SEC as a whole. Let's not forget Alabama's hitting the reset button on a lot. AM's losing a bunch. LSU's bringing back a bunch, but they were very young and inexperienced. So I think Georgia is going to be the easy favorite to win the SEC East next year and probably uh, that, that team you can get some good value on to win the national championship next year. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. RockAuto.com is the best place to buy all of your automobile parts, whether you have a car, truck, or an SUV. Head over to rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are all reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear. Rockauto.com is for everyone and does not require membership or account login. So head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, your truck, or your SUV, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That is at rockauto.com. Also, we love a Built Bar here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar Ever. They have a ton of amazing flavors, and when you go to their website, uh, they'll probably have a special you know, temporary flavor um, that you can order a box of as well. They're all delicious. I haven't had one that I dislike yet. I do have some favorites, though. Peanut butter brownie is up there. Uh, double chocolate is very good. I had a salted caramel Built Bar last week because uh, I, uh, I got one of the um, variety boxes, so... All kinds of different things. But yeah, Built Bars, are all, they're all healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. They all have a ton of protein, very little calories, virtually no sugar, 
And uh, yeah, they're very good for you, man. They taste delicious. Head over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Gordy, so when, when you look at the, the state of the SEC right now, and college football as a whole is extremely, extremely top-heavy. But when you look at the SEC, it's like, okay, you, you just mentioned Georgia, then obviously Alabama, your national champs. Is it starting to is it starting are you starting to see more of a, a divide happen even closer to the top of the standings? Yeah, it'll be interesting because there are a lot of guys coming back next year across the SEC that maybe in a normal year you wouldn't expect to come back. I mean, you've got a couple of guys coming back for their fifth and sixth years at some schools. So it will be very interesting, but it starts with the quarterback and you know, like I said earlier, JT Daniels at Georgia is the known. We know what we have in him. He's going to be really good. Uh, when you look at Alabama, okay, they 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 didn't get um, a lot of a lot of playing time out of Bryce Young, but he's going to be you know highly touted recruit. Finally, get his chance to shine there. Uh, Auburn, you know, Bo Nix is back, but Bo Nix was good freshman year, bad sophomore year. What's he going to be in his third year, especially with a new coaching staff? So, uh, and then Matt Corral at Ole Miss, I think, is going to be on a lot of preseason lists because. He's, he threw for a ton of yards. He's going to throw for a ton of yards again with Lane Kiffin coaching him. So I think it starts with the quarterback, and that's where you look. But, you know, I would not be so – like some of the bottom dwellers, right, like South Carolina and Vandy, they're both bad, but they both have new coaches in there. What can the new coaches do with the talent that was already in there? Mississippi State, you know, Mike Leach finishes 3-7 and seven there, but his quarterback, Will Rogers, looked pretty good, and then he brings in a top recruit quarterback in this recruiting class. Mm-hmm. He's going to compete for playing time. So – I think we're going to see. I mean, the the good thing is, it feels like we're going to go back to the regular schedules next year. Uh, hopefully, you know, post COVID, and we kind of get back into a regular college football season. So, yeah. you know, it, it helps not playing an all SEC schedule next year. So some of these teams can, you know, at least the bad teams could get to six and six and and get bowl eligible. But um, yeah, it feels like if you don't have a quarterback, it's going to be tough for you to compete. Uh, not only in the SEC, but for the college football playoff next year. So. Obviously, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm entrenched in Auburn stuff, and so my perspective on specific players are going to be off from conference-wide views or national views. Give me your lowdown of what you think Bo Nix is as a quarterback as far as where you would put him in the SEC. My, my question is, what, why was he bad this year? Was it coaching? Was it lack of communication? Was it Gus trying to say, oh, no, no, I'm not try- I'm not calling the plays. It's all Chad Morris. And Chad Morris going, no, 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 Gus is working with me on the offense. Like, uh, where's the disconnect there? Because they have I- I think dynamic it's all of those running things. backs. Tank Bigsby showed he was outstanding this year. And then you had this trio of awesome, awesome wide receivers with Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, Eli Stove, and they're all gone now. So mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be a big question mark for me for Bo Nix. And I think Auburn and Brian Harson making an open competition. Yeah, I would not be surprised if Bo Nix gets beat out. Um, you know, because uh, I know the, the quarterback is coming in, big time recruit from the Houston area. Yeah. He's supposed to be really good, but uh, we'll see. If Bo Nix is a starter next year, I'd still put him. Man, I, I, I put him behind JT Daniels. I put him behind Matt Corral. Uh, maybe even behind Emory Jones. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people are counting him out at Florida. I think Florida's offense could be even more dynamic next year, and that's no knock at Kyle Trask, but with Dan Mullen's offense. You know, having that running ability that Emory Jones has on top of the passing ability, I think they could be even more dynamic next year. But um, yeah, probably somewhere in the five to five to six range is where I put Bo Nix going into next year. Sure, yeah, and that, that's kind of what I expected. And you know, Auburn fans ask that question every week. It's like, why is Bo Nix bad? Is it the offensive line? 
And that's kind of what it looks like. He does not help his offensive line out, but it's like uh, a second and a half into the play, it'll be a clean pocket, and he just wants to leave the pocket. And it's um, it's tough to watch. It's, it was really, really tough to watch. And every now and then you'll see a throw by Bo, it's like wow, that was beautiful. And then I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a team to watch next year. Kentucky, I think, yeah. is going to be a real sneaky team. They've got some a good D line, a good offensive line, a lot of guys on their defense that could have went pro are coming back. But they bring in an offense coordinator from the NFL, Liam Cohen, and this guy's supposed to be the real deal. He's going to make them uh, more dynamic. I, I saw a stat yesterday that Kentucky has averaged like 188 yards passing a game over the last couple of years with Eddie Grant as their OC. That's abysmal. Like, Gross. I think if they bring in – remember they had Lynn Bowden at quarterback two years ago, wide receiver. So I think if they can get the quarterback position figured out there with Kentucky and they can put up some points, they're going to be maybe a dark horse in the East next year. Gordy, thank you so much for uh, filling in for Isaiah today. Really, uh, really, really appreciate it, my friend. Where can people check out your daily show? Yeah, the easiest way, LockedOnSEC.com or wherever you get your podcast, just search Locked On SEC. We're talking about the the champs, Alabama, the champs last year, LSU, and we'll see if we have the champs again next year. I'm picking Georgia as my favorite to win the national championship. Three straight years wow. of SEC national champions. It would be something fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely, man. You can follow me on uh, on Twitter at Z Blackerby and the show uh, Locked On Auburn wherever you get your podcast, And, of course, our colleagues throughout the Locked On Podcast Network, We'll be back tomorrow with more Locked On College Football goodness. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On College Football. You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.